Feels like you're running at an incredible rate, Harry. Oh, a Dumb and Dumber reference, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, it's a new mic. It's getting a little frisky. But you know what else is going at an incredible rate? My love for everybody that consumes this silly content on Instagram, on YouTube, on iTunes, the Trial and Error podcast as a whole. Thank you so much. And if you're a loyal ho, if you're a loyal follower, you know earlier this week I posted my rendition of March Madness. It is, uh, instead of a top 10 episode, I decided to bracket the best cartoons of our childhood, ours, the millennials, what have you. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go over it, break it down one by one, match by match, and it's all saturated in personal bias. This is the pre-podcast breakdown, but it's going to transition into the real legit thing because it's just me, baby, me and uh, this apothic red. Yes. Got to go 40 days and 40 nights without all, you know, this stuff. That's all right. You know, we're going to survive with our other vices. So, behold, without further ado, I got this because of the cover art. Yeah, there's alcohol content, and it's a red, but look at that. It's f***ing beautiful. Magusta. So we're going to open this up and try to use what Austin Calvert taught us. I'm going to try to go it alone here. And the coaster of choice today is Lannister's. Why? Because of Tyrion. I know not a lot of people like the Lannisters, but Tyrion, the Imstalite, just the all-time consumer of want. Price is wrong, bitch. That's false. Actually, I gotta go Robert Baratheon. That motherfucker drank so much more wine than Tyrion just for sheer size. Good lord. He drank the kingdom into another war. What a dildo. So yeah, we're gonna go Baratheon on this one. And my favorite sound ever. Booyah! There goes the cork. And we take these little... I think that's how Austin taught me how to do it, but just make sure there's no no metal in, in the drink before we get started. And uh, here's some more sound effects for you. You lose! Good day, sir! And the push. Oh my god. Wow. Let me swirl around here. Austin gave me this glass, by the way. Fresno State Winery. California State University, Fresno, year, 100 years, established 1911. Good Lord, a century of excellence. Huzzah, little did you know in 1911, we about to go into one of two world wars. Mm. Oh, Fresno, standing the test of time. Oh, that's tasty. It's fruity, it's sugary, and uh, processed chemical deliciousness. But... Without further ado, let's get into this March Madness, this goat of cartoons, this uh, cartoonament. Idiot. Yep, that's my word, and I'm going to keep it. All right, so what do we have here? We got, we got two brackets, and there's going to be more to come. I realize not everybody's favorite cartoons are out the gate, but this is only round one. We're going to take this winner and pin it up against the other ones, and maybe one or two other brackets. But let's go. First things first, let's start off top left. It's We got Courage the Cowardly Dog versus the Fairly Odd Parents. Cartoon Network versus Nickelodeon. I was thinking about dividing it all up by by type of cartoon or you know wherever, like the WB, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, what have you. Screw it. They're, everybody that's getting mashed into one, except for the, like, the adult cartoons like Futurama or Simpsons, Family Guy, what have you. This is all kid-related, even though we got Ren Stimpy in here, but let's get started. 
Courage and Fairly Odd Parents. Courage the Cowardly Dog. I recall that on, I believe it was What a Cartoon. It was a, like a half hour show, but it was split up into three different cartoons separate. I think I saw the pilot episode where Hustis, that crazy son of a bitch, eats these alien chicken eggs and he turns into an alien. And Courage, of course, has to save Muriel at all times. And he's kind of sounds like the Joker. And Courage, cowardly dog, he balls out to save Muriel. No matter how much that abusive piece of shit, Hustis tries to give him the business. Courage always turns up for the squad. By squad, I mean Muriel. And the show itself, sick and twisted and truly dark. Just the types of bad guys they had. I think there was like a nephew that came in. He was a barber and he's, the music is just la, 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 la. And he's just got this manic smile and an internal monologue that you hear. And every sentence ends with like, before I became naughty naughty he's teaching the children to be naughty. naughty and there's just it's a really sinister show that somehow passed through the powers that be at cartoon network and was presented to these uh young children ah i am one of them hopefully more of you watched it and all this is personal bias so courage good on you naughty Little Pink Dog versus, okay, Fairly Odd Parents on Nickelodeon aired the same time as Invader Zim. I should have put them up against each other because I remember on Slime Time Live, they're like, oh, we got this new show. We got Fairly Odd Parents and Invader Zim, and they're promoting them both to be this, the next best thing. Clearly, the Fairly Odd Parents won that race, that two horse race, because you never heard of Invader Zim again. Dope show, Invader Zim. We'll get to it later, but Fairly Odd Parents for Timmy Turner. Best sh that show got, they had Del Dimadome, Arnold Schwartz in German. Like, there is a, some funny shit in that show. Cosmo, the borderline autistic husband to Wanda, pink hair. And then we got Timmy Turner, his dad. His dad was irritating, as was his mom. Uh, Dean Goldberg. Like, there, there's a lot of good things to love about that show. But there's more to love about Courage. And that's why Courage is moving on to the next round. Boom, Fairly Odd Parents. I'll give you a wish. Kiss my ass, because you don't have what it takes. You were enjoyable, but not as much. Now I got to Obama your ass. I'm taking off the sweatshirt. I'm not going to roll up the sleeves, because I got this dope Robocop. No sleeves involved. Get out of here. Now you guys are going to have a great view of my pit sweat, because I'm that excited. Courage the Cowardly Dog. You'll win in it first round, baby. All right. So the next, the next contenders we got is are the Magic School Bus and Invader Zim. Aforementioned Invader Zim. Dope show, alien. I can't remember the premise too well, but I just know he's this alien and he's got this robot dib. Totally adorable. All the kids that went to Hot Topic got the patches on their leather jackets with all the, you know, the spiky spikes on their shoulders. Who am I to judge? Put on all those goddamn patches. Put on dib. Put on Zim. It was a sick and twisted show. One episode in particular, I remember Zim was just harvesting the organs from all the kids at the f***ing school, and he's just this morbidly obese, super healthy being because he has about 20 kidneys, three hearts, 18 livers. It was just ridiculous because he had so many organs. I don't understand what happened with that episode. Wow. It wasn't enough to keep me watching. It wasn't one of those cartoons where I was like, oh boy, Invader Zim's on. The Magic School Bus, however... That held some weight. That was not only educational, and I mean, it showed. Naughty. Miss Frizzle is 
possibly one of the most dangerous teachers alive. And she puts these kids in harm all the time. An insurance nightmare with a possessed bus that turns into so many different wacky and glorious contraptions. I remember as a lad, I got the computer game where they go inside Arnold's body. They go all through it. Quite the invasion of privacy, might I add, but who gives a sh**? Frizzle's redheaded, has no soul, and is therefore above the law and the rules. She knows it's 2020, and there are no rules, even though this took place in the 90s. I think they tried to revive it a little bit. Come on. You captured lightning in a bottle. Put the bottle on the shelf. Let it be. Let us just remember the good old times. But Magic School Bus definitely packed a punch, has some weight, and that's why it beats Invader Zim. That's right. Miss Frizzle takes the bus, shifts it into second gear, into the second round. Moving on. Naughty. Wow. Wow. That'd be great for an Owen Wilson. Wow, wouldn't it be? Future Aaron, got my back. Wow. All right, next we got Ren and Stimpy versus Johnny Bravo. This is interesting. Because Ren and Stimpy is very much like an adult-oriented show. It's very disturbing in some ways. Mommy didn't let me watch it back in the day, but I would because I was naughty. Shout out to Courage. Naughty. It was just so wacky and obscene, and the animation was just... Naughty. I don't know. There's something that just draws you to it. And there used to be... I don't know if it's on YouTube anymore, but it was an uncensored... Ren and Stimpy where they cuss and they're in a homosexual relationship and it's like I don't know if it's a pilot episode or an episode they never meant to be aired but it looked like it was animated back in the early 90s possibly late 80s but it is not the childhood Ren and Stimpy it's kind of it's such a bizarre show but god I, I, I love seeing it on now it's on at like I don't know 1am or something like that you should Still see it. It's it's worth the watch for what a ridiculous show it is. But hilarious. Stimpy, the lovable, like they're both cat. No, Stimpy's a cat. Ren's a dog. And they just, the writers don't give a sh. They have the this toast superhero guy. His head is a piece of toast and he flies backwards. Always an emphasis on buttocks. It's just, <laughs> it's just a weird ass show. It's just a truly genuine Nickelodeon 90s cartoon where it's just weird for the sake of it, for the art. For the why not. And that's why, let's see, Johnny Bravo. I can relate to Johnny Bravo. Just n no play, living with mommy and daddy, and he, he tries so hard, he thinks he's cool. I mean, maybe I'm, I know I'm not that cool, but Johnny Bravo was just his own biggest fan, and he was, I enjoyed that show when it's come on, do the monkey with me. <laughs> he's a go-hard, and he never stopped trying, even when he got just smacked so many times. I mean, Maybe he was priming kids to get ready to uh, verbally harass women. I don't know. It, it just depends on where your perspective is on it. I thought it was a funny little show, but not funny enough to beat Ren and Stimpy. That's why Johnny Bravo ain't making it out of the first round, just like he doesn't make it around first base. You lose Hold on to your virginity, day, sir. Johnny Bravo, because uh, who knows? Maybe you'll lose it one day, but for right now, you got it front and center. Price is wrong, bitch. Uh, but this next group, let's see. We got Tom and Jerry versus Rocket Power. Woo! Two ends of the spectrum, right? I'll talk about Tom and Jerry first. Ageless. Not only did they, did they not need to speak, you just... That's the premise of the show. It's like Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner, uh, but better. Because, God, I don't know what it is. The animation changes 
over the years. Like, I think it came out in the 40s, 50s, 60s, what have you. It was old. And I think Fred, I remember, like, there's a pro producer. I remember the episodes I always loved was by Fred Quimby. I think it's Quimby, but that was just the best animation, the funniest goddamn premises. They're either they're in uh, medieval France, and there's this the uh, Jerry's little squire, touche, pussycat, and they're just fighting over the food in that episode. And uh, Tom is like one of the uh, red musketeer. Jerry and the, his little buddy are wearing blue sash. And they're fighting, and it, the mice end up winning, naturally. And then at the end of the episode, you see the guillotine go up and just chop down, a.k.a. Tom dies. But it doesn't matter. It's so overly violent. It's the, the inspiration between Itchy and Scratchy. When you look back at Tom and Jerry and just how obscenely violent it is, there's episodes where Tom's literally just tossing dynamite into the mouse hole, shooting guns at one another. It was outrageously violent. No blood, no death, but I guess there might have been death. I literally just said there was. But it was just just wholesome, funny, and the, the different premises and everything. There is the bulldog Spike and his little boy. The most baller part of that goddamn show, and it's the reason. I'm going to tell you right now, Tom and Jerry beats Rocket Power. Spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you exactly why. And there's a gif about it, or it's on YouTube. Shame. It's a cowboy Shame. setting, and Tom is Shame. strutting up to this white kitty, and he pulls out some smoking paper not folded up obviously and he spits out the tobacco bloop, and then he rolls it up with one hand as he's just giving her the doe eyes and then he pulls out jerry and squeezes him he's like Bleh. licks it he makes jerry lick the cig holsters the little bitch and then uh tom flicks it in the air pulls out his revolver Bam! Lights it with a gunshot, holsters that, catches it with his bottom lip. Uh, excuse me. And then he takes one drag. Flicks the butt and just goes, exhales, and the smoke forms the word howdy. And that's the only word you hear. Oh my god, it was the most baller thing I've ever seen in my life, and that's why Tom and Jerry wins. But, 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 before I get... To a head, I put my head even further up my ass. I'm gonna take a deep, deep breath and talk about Rocket Power because there is no other show like Rocket Power at the time. It was, it's a show that I was legitimately excited to see when it's on. There's very few like Magic School Bus. Yeah, it's all right. Tom and Jerry, hell yeah. Rocket Power, like you're juiced. Your adrenaline's pumping when those intro credits are rolling and they're at Ocean Shores. And then there's Sam. I remember there's a behind the scenes kind of thing for Sam. There was an in on, there's an, literally an in on his uh, shirt that he wears literally every day of his cartoon existence. And I guess he was originally supposed to be from Nebraska or something like that, but he's from Kansas. And they moved to Ocean Shores, he and his mom. Cause his dad comes to visit one time, but his dad's always on the phone and Sam's totally bummed out because, uh, God, what's his dad's name? something dollared and he's taking reggie otto and twister and sam out to all these fun things but he's always on the phone not paying any attention to dear old sam eventually at the end of the episode the emotions come out and the dad realizes huh i need to spend some time with my boy good morals of that show but they those are some athletic f 
kids because they could snowboard, they could skateboard, they could roller skate. They reminded me of Brink. They play hockey. Apparently they can't play ice hockey though because when there's snow at Ocean Shores, Sam is now the baller spinning around on his shoes. In the Midwest, you're born with these skills. And then all these kids from California that are balling out athletically can't stand on the ice? Ain't no make, ain't making no sense, but. The Shore Shack was at a dope spot. They're on the pier right there. Tito is just smoking how, God knows how much uh, silly lettuce upstairs where he lives, comes back downstairs, cooks up the birds, and it's just wheeling and dealing this junk food to the kids after school. They just come there, get some fries, and then they learn some ancient Hawaiian knowledge that Tito, he's just smoking and just becoming one. He's channeling the messages from the ancient Hawaiians. God bless him. But too bad they don't tell him how to lose some weight. Tito, you gotta look after yourself, my boy, because there's an episode where you and Raymundo are in a paddleboard competition, but you both ain't got the stuff to finish it. You thought I forgot. I did not. <gasps> Anyways, let's see. Lars was the bad guy, Twister's older brother, but it was just a cool show, something totally different. It really... It made going outside and being athletic and just just going outside in general really cool. It was a thing to do. Be athletic, be a hero, do you. And that's uh, that's cool, but it's just not enough to beat Tom and Jerry because I just love Tom and Jerry. It's ageless, it's timeless. Rocket power, you had your run, but nobody quotes you. Nobody knows, ah, Otto and Reggie. No, they know Tom and Jerry. They got the tenure, baby, so. TJ, baby. Naughty. Now, I would... Let's see. All right, so it's Courage versus Magic School Bus. Then we got Ren and Stampy versus Tom and Jerry. I'm going to try my hand at some post-production work. Here's the bracket as we see it. Wait, wait, no, not yet. I'm going to go through the other side of the bracket, and then we'll do the post-production work on iMovie. All right, so... What we got here? Let's start from the top right. Dragon Ball Z versus Dexter's Lab. Some heavy hitters. We got Duke versus North Carolina. Let's see here, baby. Dragon Ball Z, where do I begin? It, that was the show. That was the goddamn show from Raditz, Goku's brother coming into town, getting the asses whooped. Goku sacrificing himself in the first saga. He's going out, but then he meets King Kai, and that just sets the whole story in motion. That show was brilliant from beginning, from the arrival of Raditz to f***ing Oob. After they defeat Majin Buu, he comes back as this little kid with all these powers. Brilliant. Through and through, it made you feel, at least for me, like I could do anything. It was so empowering. Their power, really, I was like, I want to be a Super Saiyan. I want to yell and scream and get my emotion out and just be this powerful master of uh, martial arts, what have you. Goku is a character, terrible husband, terrible, terrible husband. He like ditches Chi-Chi to go train and do this and that and fight. A god awful husband, Gohan, gives up his, his abilities to fight. I mean, not giving them up, but he turns to the books. He falls prey to what his mother wants for him. But if daddy ain't there, to support you and mom's there supporting your education and your well-being. I don't blame him for going that route. And he marries uh, Her Hercule's daughter, a.k.a. Mr. Sane, but it's uh, Videl. And then they have Pan, I believe. But that's all later on. I, I'm, I digress. 
great goddamn show. My favorite bad guy has to be Cell because he's made up of all the good guys. Are you kidding me? He knows all their moves. He, he can literally do all of them. He turns Super Saiyan in his own kind of way. He has that gold aura around him. But he knows everything. He, he can do the Destructo bit disc better than that little bitch Krillin. He could do the Tri-Beam and Solar Flare like Tien. He's got Piccolo's Special Beam Cannon, the Kamehameha. I don't know if he ever busted out the Kaioken, but... And he reproduced those little, those little mini-cells, those cellulites, whatever they are, little blue guys. And they get f***ed up by Gohan. Oh, my Dragon Ball Z. But... Dexter's Lab, adding a little more humor and just what a great premise. This little genius. I love the sound. DD, I just, I can remember that intro of DD just going through the hall and then going into the lab. It's so dope. And the oblivious parents, I love Dexter's parents. The dad and like the mom always walking on her tippy toes. DD is always, when she walks, you just hear a. <laughs> and she's such an idiot, always. Just ruffles Dexter's feathers. Him, his arch rival Mandark. There are some amazing episodes. And they also had, because uh, that show is broken up. So it's 30 minutes, but three separate stories. The first one, always Dexter's Lab. The second episode was either um, I Am Monkey. I think it was, it was like a super powered monkey. I Am Monkey, I believe. It was either that, which I was never really excited to see. Or it was the Justice Friends, and it was uh, Major Glory. He's the equivalent to Captain America. And then there's the Imbragable Crunk. He's a purple version of the Hulk. And then there's Val Halen. Val <laughs> he's like Thor, but Van Halen, he's a rocker. Dude, my mighty axe. And it's just the three of them living in an apartment together. Pretty goddamn funny stuff. Like that one. Oh, I just loved it. <laughs> Uh, but Dexter's Alive was so funny. Uh, Gennady Tervisky. Gendy? Oh, my God. If I was really about it, maybe I'd know or perhaps look it up. But who has the time? Not when I'm drinking. And My hands are busy. Hands are busy. But it's the same guy that made Samurai Jack, the same guy that made or, and or produced Powerpuff Girls. So good, Dexter's Lab. But you know what's better? Dragon Ball Z! <gasps> That's why it's moving on, Dexter. I love you. Wow. I love you, but you just can't outsmart the brilliance that is Dragon Ball Z. I'm sorry. If it's Dexter's Lab, you did what Sponge, what SpongeBob did. I'll get to that later. Your first seasons, your first rendition of seasons, amazing. And then they redid you. And then they redid you, Dex. And the animation's not the same, nor was the show or the story or any vestige of what the glory of that show used to be. And you totally sh your pants what pants dex you're only wearing boots over your lab coat woof i will i will no none of the new episodes F you the older episodes of dexter <laughs> the only french i'll ever remember omelette du fromage because there's an episode where dexter's got to memorize he's got a french quiz the next day and he's like okay i could just study in my sleep it's all good i, I spent all this time working in my lab puts on some headphones and then he presses play on a little tape record or the cassette player. And it's like, ah, oui, oui. Ah, the first thing, cheese omelette. Omelette du fromage. And then it just loops. Excuse me. The track skips and keeps looping. So all Dexter hears over the entire night is omelette du fromage. Omelette du fromage. And then the next day, 
Dexter wakes up and all he can say is omelette du fromage, cheese omelette. His, <laughs> oh my god, he goes, he passes the quiz, and then for some reason it's just a domino effect of success and he becomes famous because he can only say omelette du fromage. The, the world just goes crazy. He's like on magazines, he's famous, it's hilarious. So after a long day, week, whatever of absolute fame, Dexter goes to his lab, he goes to the book, there's always a secret entrance, there's always some kind of funky, amazing way to get into the lab, never the same way uh, twice, and you hear the, the computer say, password, and he goes, omelette du fromage, earlier that episode he says, Star Wars, great password by the way, and he gets it wrong, he keeps saying, omelette du fromage, he can't say anything else, and then... The computer's like, well, self-destruct will commence in 10 seconds. And Dexter starts freaking out, starts crying. And then the f***ing lab blows up. And the last thing you see, the last thing you see in that episode is Dexter in the rubble. Cranking his uh, socket wrench. Like, getting back after it, getting back to work. Which beckons something about the character. It's like, yes, this is horribly devastating. But he... He's back at it, starting from scratch. Omelette du fromage, everybody. Not good enough to get into the second round, but good enough for a nice little rant, eh? Oh, Apothic Red. You do a meter. Oh. The next one Legs. will kill you. Oh, son of a bitch. You shot me in the I don't know what I'm doing. I need Austin back here. I'm just drinking for the sake of it, which is, uh, oh well. All right, so moving on. We got Cat Dog versus Recess. Cat Dog was really bizarre. Uh, I hated the little blue mouse Winston, but Dog is voiced by Tom Kenny, who is also the voice of SpongeBob. If you go back and listen to Cat Dog, you'll you'll for sure for sure hear SpongeBob's voice. So <laughs> it was just ridiculous. It wasn't a show I was always excited to see, but it was just great. I. I their antics, they ran into the, the greasers, the greaser dogs, that one little poodle dog had a crush on dog, that's his name. And one episode that I remember from that show was their teeth. What happens to one's teeth affects the other. So Cat's always taking care of his teeth. He's the clean freak and like, you know, oh, their, their personalities are different. That's great. But you know, it shows kids, hey, work together. If you're attached to somebody, your Siamese twin, work together. But Cat's always taking care of his teeth, and Dog is just treating his teeth like shit. He's eating tires, he's eating junk food or whatever, and Cat's teeth are like falling out, and they're like, what the fuck? So they're like fighting, whatever, and then th this is kind of a, episode goes on, this is kind of a disturbing part, but Cat one night when Dog is sleeping, he's got all this junk food, just we're a real piece of shit to know that what he's doing is harming his friend. Doesn't matter. And, and oh god, and earlier in the episode, the dentist, that green rabbit who is literally every other character in the show it's kind of like eddie murphy in his earlier movies he sticks a needle in cat's gum and then you see dog go a needle into the gum but that's besides the point later on so dog's asleep cat goes inside out just just sucks himself in goes through his own body and comes out of dog's mouth and he's Inside out, like his guts are all hanging out. He just looks horrifying. He takes the toothbrush and the toothpaste and he starts just brushing and he's looking at his teeth. They're starting to get a little bit better. Then dog wakes up with like, oh, oh, and he sees cat like, oh, hey, what's going on? And then he's <gasps> re-swallows cat and pops him back out right side out again. Like it was, 
it was disgusting, disturbing, but hey, I like that episode for some reason. And then there's Recess. I can't, I'm not going to lie. Disney cartoons weren't really my thing. Recess was cool. I, I remember, oh, this Womps. There's King Bob. There's uh, Big Mikey. There's the Athletic Kid, Vince. And then, what was the angry girl's name? Spinoli, Spicoli. Ashley, I remember, was her name. Spinoli. And then TJ Detweiler. One episode I remember from that show was like, they, the principal took them. They were playing kickball. And the principal's brother had a mirror image of TJ and his friends, and they played each other in a in a game. God, what was the, there's a snit? There's Miss Finster and her snitch Randall, this little hunchback, little dweeb that looks like uh, Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. I don't know, a lot to like about the show, but not enough. But not enough. Cat dog wins. Yes, recess. You had a movie, backed by your big time Disney budget. There's a. F you to you disney i won't endorse cat dog gets the dub cat dog gets the dub so you lose good day sir uh, i'm on a roll moss now that we're moving on to we got powerpuff girls and los rug rats but first the sound effect Push. i can do that right at least you swirl uh, all righty we have the Powerpuff Girls versus the Rugrats. Powerpuff Girls, a a relative to Dexter's lab, the animation, the quickness. It was funny. It's sugar, spice, and everything nice. But uh, that professor, that foolish, foolish professor just knocked, uh, he hit Chemical X, this nice vial, and it all went in. And then the concoction to make the perfect little girls. Why is he making the perfect little girls? I don't know. Um, so yeah, it's Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup. No fingers. Why would they have fingers? If they're the perfect little girls, no fingers. <laughs> but they were cool. The bad guys, Mojo Jojo. They had this half lobster, half devil looking drag queen bad guy, which I don't know. It was all good. I think it was, his name was him, maybe. But really kind of creepy character, but really cool. But Powerpuff Girls, I can't really recall too many episodes i'd watch it it was like beyond dragon ball uh, before dragon ball z or something like that if if there was a show i wanted to watch afterwards and powerpuff girls was in the way i would humor them but i would not you know truly heed what i was watching I'm like all right congratulations you saved the day but rugrats all right rugrats that's the goat, right? Uh, not the goat. Whoa, 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 whoa. I misspeak. Idiot. Between these two, Rugrats wins. That's for goddamn sure. We got Phil, Lil, Tommy, Chucky, and that crazy bitch, Angelica. And it's so... That show... Maybe... Oh, now that I'm thinking about it, what a great show. There's a lot of conspiracy theories, like it's Angelica is the only one that's alive, and Tommy's stillborn. Chucky is uh, like a reminder of like a failed marriage or something. Phil and Lil were... They died in the womb, and they didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. Like, there's some really kind of ad-libbing, but it's some creepy, kind of cool thinkers, I'd say, of conspiracy theories. But Angelica is a very interesting character because she's the liaison between the baby world and the adults. It's like she can communicate with both. She's at this pivotal age, and it's what the conversations that the babies have. In the first season, it's really, really bizarre. The show is still kind of figuring itself out. The art was very zany and kind of... There's like a darkness to it almost. It's really weird, but there's Stu Pickles, 
Drew is his brother. They're, they're always fine. There's Grandpa Lou, good for nothing piece of shit, always sleeping. Uh, Dee Dee with her hair. I, I'm not a fan of her, just in her essence, her being in, in its entirety. Don't like her. Chaz, what a turd. Chucky's dad. Square glasses, sir, with a red mustache on each side. Boo, sir. Uh, I will say Drew's wife, uh, Charlotte, hot. I'd say lawyer. She's in a power suit. She means business. Respect. Uh, some of my favorite episodes were like the Christmas episode. And then there's like, there's a snow episode where Tommy and the rest of them are in the backyard and they're just, their imaginations take flight. And they, that's the episode is them going through and getting all these rascally adventures. And I think that was a big opening for me to use my imagination as a kid. It's like, why not? It's, yeah, it's a backyard, but it could be a lot more because we make it. So we, the kids imagination, whatever. It's, it's really cool. It made it okay. Like, use your imagination. And the best part about it, now that I'm looking back now, is adults made these, made all of these out of their imagination for kids. So it's like, when you're thinking about the writing and how these shows are produced, it's not like kids made these. There is a team of adults that are brilliantly creating this cartoon for kids, but for messages that can be brought on or adults can watch it as well. And it's really... I don't know, the premise of it is is brilliant. It's like babies are growing up, they're trying to figure out the world, and their innocence and their kind of <laughs> their ignorance is so goddamn charming in the show. I would need to rewatch it, but I just recall just absolutely loving Rugrats. Still do. Uh, they did after the first the first movie is where I draw the line. Yes, on VHS it was orange. Shout out to Nickelodeon for the orange VHS tapes. But it all went downhill with Dill. Get the fuck out of here, Dill Pickles. Dill Pickles. Yeah, yeah, funny, not good enough. Get out of here. The movie was garbage. Dill's garbage. Um, Idiot. And then they go to Paris and Chucky gets a sister. Like, no, no, no. And then they have all grown up. I remember seeing an episode. They're still crawling around Tommy you in high school. And you still have that little screwdriver to try to get out of the house. Idiot. Get the fuck out of here. What are you doing, Rugrats? But hey. Good enough to make it into the next round. Congrats. Whoop-dee-doo, Basil. Mm. Moving forward, we have the Bob. The SpongeBob versus my boy Doug. This was pretty tough because Doug was the show that helped me anthropomorphize everything. You know, there's an episode where he has shoes, old shoes, he needs to get new ones, but he has a daydream where they're like, Whoa, why are you getting rid of us, Doug? Didn't we treat you right? Yeah, we did. Oh my god, and just the, the beatboxing. Loved it. I love Doug. Roger Klotz. Patty Mayonnaise, was she that hot? I don't know. I don't know. She was there. Doug Doug Funny with an IE, his neighbor. Oh, what was it? Mr. Dink and his wife. He's Mr. Dink must have been balling because he always had the latest technology. A pretty dope house. Skeeter, the blue diver the diversity of that show is great. You got blue people, you got you got Doug the, the white people, you got Roger, he's green, Patty's kind of brown, brown, super tan. Who else? Phoebe's purple. Oh every color is welcome. It doesn't matter. That's how you know, it doesn't matter what color you are. Be any color. You can be all yellow like the Simpsons. Who cares? Doug said, I don't care. We're gonna be different colors, and we're going to love beats. For some reason, that goddamn show is just centered around beats. There are the beats, which is 
like the band in that show, which is a knockoff of the Beatles. Ayu, killer tofu. Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. If you're you're about it, you're about it. You know the beats. But great show, Doug. Loved it. He journaled. He drew Quail Man, Smash Adams, Race Bannon. I think was his Race Bannon was Doug's Indiana Jones alter ego. Smash Adams was Doug's 007 alter ego, and Quail Man is just his, you know, hero. Then Skeeter was like the silver skater. They, I remember an episode they made a comic, comic book together. But all the 90s are coming back to me, baby. They're coming back. Might even do another episode just based on Doug or whatever. But for now, these, eps- these cartoons are fighting to the death. But against SpongeBob, the Kentucky of the Goat, uh, the goat of Cartoons Tournament, I will say this, I only acknowledge Spongebob for the first three seasons. The first movie, I accept everything after that from like, I think it was 2003 or 2004 possibly on. No, there's different writers, the animation's different, it's just not, it's not funny. When you watch those first three, uh, my boy Kyle Sedgley was commenting on my first bracketing post about the, the the comedy standard that spongebob set that it really dictated what millennial like what humor can be whether it's millennial or not whoever you are you can watch this show and just it's just funny and it doesn't give a spongebob's always crying he's materializing into different things it's the characters themselves are ridiculous bikini bottom mr krabs lives in bikini bottom he lives spongebob lives in a pineapple squidward's real as hell he's a depressed failed artist that lives in an easter island head for some reason but he's a fry cook spongebob's a fry cook and he just couldn't be happier that just shows what overall mindset is all about oh when you're tackling life but god so many episodes from the first one to my favorite back in the day was uh, when he's just going into different people's dreams and just with them and screwing everything up oh another one when squidward takes a bite of a krabby patty for the first time and just the sponge the still shots in SpongeBob where they'll make a joke and then it's instead of the regular animation, it's kind of a nice drawing. And uh, when Squidward takes a bite, or before he takes a bite, SpongeBob's like, "Are you sure you don't want one?" And Squidward goes, "Does this look unsure to you?" And it's just this really ugly image of Squidward with his eyes are sunk, and it just really shows how soulless that character really is. Anyways. SpongeBob setting the standard, bringing us out of 1999 forward, and that's why the Bob is moving on. It beats Doug. I'm sorry, Doug, but SpongeBob is just, you know, it's f- SpongeBob. SpongeBob, come on! Everybody loves the Bob. First three seasons. If you're about the other seasons, you know, maybe you'll be a little disappointed later on in the episode. Hmm. Moving forward, we got Courage the Cowardly Dog versus the Magic School Bus. I think we're going to go a little faster now since I've got my bullshit out of the way. Courage versus the Magic School Bus. Courage is great. I did look forward to seeing it. It's dark and twisted, but I think for overall nostalgic value, I got, I'm got. i going with the Magic School Bus for this one. It's Miss Frizzle. It's educational. It's the, Her class is filled with every ethnicity so you can't get mad at the show everybody's represented uh although it's 2020 now and i you know, who knows everybody's offended about everything but miss frizzle 
She had the secret sauce. She took us on these adventures. She took kids into volcanoes, into her students' bodies, into plants. She turned one of her students, Phoebe, I believe, into a plant, and they left her in a closet, and she's almost dying. Miss Frizzle should be arrested, but in this case, she gets away scat-free with a dub, and they beat Courage the Cowardly Dog. Magic School Bus, you're moving forward. The next one, we got Red and Stimpy versus Tom and Jerry. Two on two. Two on two. Red and Stimpy is so obscure. I don't know why I have such a soft spot for that f***ing show. But I also have a softer spot for Tom and Jerry. And it's moving on, baby. Tom and Jerry beats Ren and Stimpy in the second round. I couldn't be happier. I, I, I don't really have... I have love for Ren and Stimpy, but not nearly as much for Tom and Jerry. Those are late nights when you're past your bedtime at like 9.15. Tom and Jerry is on, and you just got to love it. Boomer, I think Boom, Cartoon Network still has Boomerang going on, or maybe it's a separate network where it's all the old shows. And again, this is but a fraction, obviously, of all the cartoons that are out there that we enjoyed as kids. There will be more renditions of this type of episode, but we're just going to move on with this one. There's only so much space on Photoshop than you can put on Instagram. Moving on, we got Dragon Ball Z versus Cat Dog. I'm thinking I should have put Dexter's Lab in another bracket to make it more of a fight, but it's, yeah, there's sleepers that come out in March Madness, some upsets. This ain't one of those times. Dragon Ball Z cuts Cat Dog in half. I was trying to think of something else to say, but straight up, Cat Dog just gets the business, and they're gonna take a, they're gonna take a seat because DBZ is like, they get the dem. They get the dub. Goku always wins. It's that freaking Cell. He got his ass kicked by Cell and ends up dying. But doesn't matter. Dragon Ball Z over Cat Dog. Yes, it's in uh, manga or anime. Whatever. Comment. Help me out here. But over Cat Dog, it, it just you can't even compare. Longer storylines, better developed characters, emotions, this and that. Excuse me. Beep. Booyah. All right. Enough sounds. Enough sound effects. We got Rugrats versus Spongebob. This is a good match. It's a very good match. Enjoy. Let's see. Tommy. We got the starting five. We got Tommy, Phil, Lil, Chucky, and Angelica. That's a solid starting five. But we also got Spongebob, Squidward, Patrick, Mr. Krabs. Who's the fifth? Who are we going to say? <laughs> Who would be an excellent fifth? Who would be an excellent fifth? Naughty. Not Plankton. No, not Plankton. Not Larry. All right, this came to mind. I don't care. Bubble Buddy is the fifth on the squad. And guess what? They tune up the Rugrats. Let's go. Rugrats, you have it. Like, you're good, but you definitely lived long enough to see yourself become the villain by creating all grown up, you dill pickles, all this and that. There's just too much. You did too much later in the latter years, and I cannot forgive you for that. That's why SpongeBob's first three seasons. Idiot. Get the dub. Bubble Buddy out of left field. All right, so we're going back. Magic School Bus. This is round three. Round three. Oh my God, I completely forgot to do the post. <laughs> the post-production brackets. All right, here's what it is right now. Maybe see it, maybe not. I don't know. 
Future Aaron, try to work your magic. We'll see. Right now, I'm just enjoying myself. All right. Thinking now, I sh probably should have rearranged these these teams. But hey, it's all good. It's madness. That's why the madness has brought the Magic School Bus versus Tom and Jerry. Because there's some matchups that would have been better, like Cat Dog versus Dragon Ball Z. I would have had Cat Dog versus Doug or something. I don't, I don't, I don't, whatever. Next time. But we have Magic School Bus versus Tom and Jerry. This is just kind of a kind of a throw up. Tom and Jerry, you only got two guys on the squad. No, you got them two. You got Spike, his little kid, and then that little that little white mouse. Touche, pussy cat. Uh, Magic School Bus, you good, but you just can't compete with that good old fashioned violence and just zaniness that they speak very few words in Tom and Jerry, and that's why I find that show so amazing that it's universal yeah you could put some subtitles on it they say very few words but it's it's unspoken cat chases mouse tries to get him by any means necessary and i think it's just it's a delight so tom and jerry makes it to the finals in this round one version of the go to cartoons meanwhile we got dragon ball z versus spongebob i didn't even talk about dragon ball z all right what's the starting lineup for dragon ball z goku vegeta I'll throw a piccolo. You got a piccolo. Uh, I'll throw some bad guys in there. Let's get let's get Cell. And who's another one? You lose. Just because he goes out like a badass, and I'm sentimental. Bardock, aka Goku's dad. Oh, let me replace Cell with Trunks. Let's get a, all Saiyans in there, baby. And then we got Bardock, Goku's dad, who goes out like a champ trying to fight Frieza. He's out there in space tuning up them boys, and then Frieza's like, yeah! <laughs> and then sends down this, you know, moon-sized blast and just destroys planet Vegeta. Wow! Yeah, that starting five versus SpongeBob. All right, my gripe with SpongeBob. After, I already griped about it. After the movie, it just falls off. And nowadays, if I look, ooh, SpongeBob's on. Year 2011. No, I can't... I. Just because I can't doesn't mean other people don't enjoy it. But since this is, you know, my show, fuck that. It's all about the first three seasons of SpongeBob. They're on Amazon Prime, I believe. They are untouchable. But because there is that ugly side, like the back end, like the beginning of SpongeBob is this nice, beautiful haircut. But then there's this unbecoming mullet that just smells like shit. It sucks. I can't stand it. Dragon Ball Z is nice through and through. It, it is what it is. Dragon Ball Z wins. I'm sorry. SpongeBob, take a seat. I love the memes you've given us. I Again, those first three seasons. I love them to death. I know them very, very, very well. Almost by heart, damn near. <laughs> but before I just completely move, I move on to the championship between Tom and Jerry and Dragon Ball Z, a story about SpongeBob. Every Sunday, my granny... Grandma Bar makes biscuits for the entire family, all the cousins, the aunts, uncles, everybody comes over. And this is one of the rare occasions that uh, my papa comes along. And usually when I'm done eating my child, this I'm in high school at this point, I'm done scarfing, like stuffing my fat face. I go into the living room and turn on some cartoons. Traditionally, you know, you got to be watching SportsCenter in there or whatever. I'm like, hey, it's just me. I'm watching some cartoons. SpongeBob, boom. SpongeBob training episode, boom. One of my favorites when you don't want to be a Squidward and it's just... It's hilarious. And uh, 
My dad walks in at the absolute worst moment possible. He goes in, sits down. It's early. He's kind of tired. And Granny's like, all right, what's my, what's my boy watching? And it's at that part in the training episode uh, where they're about to reveal the, the Krabby Patty secret formula. And it, the Krabby Patty starts off super small. And the, the narrator goes, if you're familiar with that episode, that goes on for a solid minute to I don't want to say two minutes, but it's at least a minute. And as the narrators, it's that's the joke is how long and ridiculous this epic zoom up of the Krabby Patty is. And my dad just looks at me and goes, Jesus Christ. And he leaves. His high school son watching these fucking cartoons. And I loved it. I felt ashamed. I was like, I'm going to keep watching this episode. And then SpongeBob's like, bowing to the Krabby Patty. That's when that show just had it, and then it lost it, and that's unfortunate. But two shows that have it, Tomas y Geraldo versus Dragon Ball Z, Goku and them boys. It's a toughie. The nostalgia that is Tom and Jerry, the agelessness of it. However, Dragon Ball Z just happens to be one of my faves. I told you this goddamn episode was going to be filled with sat- filled with personal bias and let me tell you what it is. That's why Dragon Ball Z wins round 1. That's right there the champions. And I'm going to put this right here. I'm going to show you we're in the lunchbox. Adlibin. Adlibin. Get out of the way, Master Chief, but check it out. I got this blanket back in the day, a little tapestry. Boom. Goku and the boys sitting up there, ready to roll, baby. And that is round one of the Cartoon Goat Tournament. I hope you liked it. I also hope you hated it. If you disagree, send me some comments. It's okay to disagree, damn it. But these are my choices. So keep leaving comments. Keep listening to the show. Keep loving the show. I forget that I need to talk into the mic. But anyways, I love you guys. Get ready for the next round coming up. Mwah. You lose! Good day, sir!